Welcome to the Guide to Grammar for Fiction Writers by Herded Words. Most people don't know shit about grammar. This probably includes you, and that's perfectly okay. Yeah, there are people out there who will criticize your grammar, but they're an extreme minority and mostly assholes. Why am I telling you this? For two reasons. One, so you'll relax about it while writing. And two, so you'll hire a professional to deal with it during editing. Because in all likelihood, you are not a grammar expert. You may have come across other writing sites that recommend the book The Elements of Style. That's fine, it's a great book, but I don't recommend it. Reading about grammar? Talk about boring. Plus, most people are still going to make tons of errors. What do I recommend instead? First, learn a few grammar tips that will improve your writing style, not just your grammar. Second, a grammar app or website that will check the basics for you. And third, a professional editor once you've completed a few drafts on your own. Let's get started with a few easy to implement grammar tips. I've focused on four grammar tips that will improve your writing style and are easy to understand and implement. First up, active and passive voice. A passive sentence uses the object as the subject. An active sentence uses a person or another object as the subject. There is plenty of advice out there that will suggest avoiding the passive voice entirely. Don't fall for that. While active voice is generally preferred, there are instances where passive is better such as if the object is more important, or if you want to convey a passive character, etc, etc. Let's work through an example. If the object is my bike, and the subject is my brother, the verb is to steal. The active sentence would be, my brother stole my bike. The passive sentence would be, my bike was stolen by my brother. As a special note, if I didn't know who stole my bike, I could use either voice. Passive, my bike was stolen. Active, someone stole my bike. Our second tip is about adverbs and adjectives. Adverbs modify verbs and other things. Adjectives modify nouns. He ran to the store. Ran is a verb and store is a noun. So if I modify this with an adverb, it would be, he ran to the store quickly. Quickly is modifying ran. If I use an adjective, it would be, he ran to the busy store. Busy is an adjective because it's modifying store. When using adverbs, make sure that they're the best choice. Some advice suggests avoiding them entirely, but I think that's ridiculous. Adverbs are a valuable part of the English language. However, they can become wordy, busy, or unnecessary. The best tip for using fewer adverbs is to choose stronger verbs. Some examples of stronger verbs. Going back to our sentence, he went to the store quickly. There are a lot of verbs we can use to replace went quickly. 
For example, he ran to the store, he jogged to the store, he hurried to the store, he sped to the store, he drove to the store, he rushed to the store. A second example would be, I secretly listened to my parents plan my birthday party. Secretly listened could be replaced with a stronger verb like eavesdropped. The third grammar tip is to use specific language. Unless there's a good reason to be vague, you should be using specifics. You don't always have to remove the vague parts. Sometimes it might be appropriate to just add the specifics in. A vague sentence would be something like, he was the tallest man I'd ever know. To be more specific, you would say, he was seven feet tall, perhaps the tallest man I'd ever known. The specific is better because the number you use will tell the reader a lot about the world. The world is different if the tallest man is three feet versus nine feet. Another example of a vague sentence is, it would be a long drive. Be more specific and tell us how long. For example, it would be a long drive, at least eight hours. The specific is better because long is a very subjective term. Where I was raised, rural Canada, a long drive is going to be eight or more hours. For people from smaller countries, a long drive might only be two or three hours. If you call it a long drive, you're saying what the character thinks is long, but the reader doesn't know what that means unless you give them the specifics. And the fourth grammar tip is consecutively or concurrently. When you're writing, you need to be clear if things are happening consecutively, one after another, or concurrently at the same time. If you attack five people and are sentenced to four years in prison for each attack, is it consecutively or concurrently? Consecutively, you'll serve four years for the first attack, then four years for the second, etc. In total, you'll serve 20 years. If it's concurrently, you'll serve four years total because you're doing all the sentences at the same time. Why is this important to fiction? When people read stories, they assume it's one thing happens, then another, and another, and so on. Readers make the assumption that things happen consecutively. However, authors don't present all the information that way. Sometimes stories go back in time. Flashbacks, backstory, etc., etc. But often stories have elements happening at the same time. This is especially true if there are multiple point-of-view characters or an omniscient narrator. Authors need to be clear about when actions are occurring compared to the other actions the reader has read about. Alright, let's talk about grammar software. There's a decent selection of grammar software that you could be using. I'm going to talk about two. Both of them have adequate free versions, and they're what I use. First up is Grammarly. Now Grammarly has a free version and a fairly expensive premium version. I've never used the premium version for that exact reason. 
the free version of Grammarly checks grammar, spelling, and punctuation. It can be used in your browser and Microsoft Word. Uh, it's much more advanced than a regular spell checker and will often pick up on homophones, which are words that sound alike but have different spellings. Grammarly encrypts your documents so they can't see the contents and neither can anyone else if they get hacked. The premium version adds a lot of features that sound great, things like advanced style suggestions, tone and formality checker, wordiness and a vocabulary filter, a plagiarism checker, and a style checker. Grammarly Premium is a monthly subscription service, and the pricing in 2019 was $29.95 a month, or $59.95 a quarter, which is $19.98 a month, or $129.95 annually, which is $11.66 a month. Like I said, I use the free version and it's great. And when I want something more in depth, instead of paying for Grammarly Premium, I turn to the Hemingway app. The Hemingway app isn't really for spelling and punctuation. It's more about content and style. Hemingway gives you a readability score, tells you your adverb usage, how much passive voice you've used, and the complexity of your sentences. It's free to use online, or they have a paid download for $19.99 one time. I've never paid for the download, although I think about doing it sometimes. Um, I find the free one great. I actually really prefer Hemingway. It's wonderful. So you can visit www.hemingwayapp.com for Hemingway, or you can visit www.grammarly.com for Grammarly. It's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y. There are other grammar apps and softwares, um, but I've never used any of them. I'm basically completely satisfied with the free versions of Grammarly and Hemingway. Last up, we're going to talk about hiring an editor. Once you've finished a few drafts of your novel and you think it's pretty good, it's time to send it out to an editor. Now, there are different types of editors, and we're going to co cover copy editors today because those are the editors that handle spelling, grammar, and punctuation. This is not going to be a line editing of your novel for things related to content and style. Hiring a basic copy editor will cost $25 to $50 per hour, depending on the topic and location. Most copy editors will cover 5 to 10 pages an hour. If you want editing for content and style, you're going to need a line editor in addition to a basic copy editor. And they're going to cost you $40 to $80 per hour and cover 1 to 6 pages an hour. Now, I am not an expert on hiring an editor, so if you head over to my site, www.heartedwords.com slash grammar hyphen for hyphen writers, you'll find my three suggestions for great posts all about hiring an editor for your book. Grammar is important. 
but it's less important than actually writing. Grammar can be fixed by learning some rules, by using some apps, or hiring an editor. So don't let grammar stress stop you from writing. Head on over to www.heartedwords.com grammar hyphen for hyphen writers for a little bit more information. Thanks for listening, and like always, happy writing.